0: Good morning, everyone I apologize for my tardiness. I've done enough lacquer over the years. There's an additive that you put in it called a lacquer retarder, so apparently it has made me late. It has retarded my progress as it were. so my family is living out of suitcases and backpacks and we had some sort of g i discomfort going through the family, so uh everything is all up in the air at my house, which is not my house right now, but so that was an interesting experience driving away from our house for the last time, and uh we were clean, doing the final clean, and Jeremy just went upstairs to his room and and he just laid there and, uh, in his room, his empty room uh quietly, just thinking for a while. He's a very uh, sentimental lad, and he dimly remembers where we lived before that. The other two don't remember it at all. So, like, here we are leaving pretty much the only place they've ever known, and uh, moving to this new place, new town, and everything, and, of course, staying at Bobby and Heidi's kind of uh, sows that ache a little bit, I think, because it's like one continuous sleepover. But... uh I have a feeling by the time the sleepover ends everyone will be ready for us to get out. That uh we'll see. Well, Jesus, we thank you for your word to us and, and your love and your goodness. God, you have blessed us abundantly. And uh God, today we want ears to hear your word, God, and we just pray that you bring to us exactly what you have for us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen. You know, it's funny when you when you have children or you deal with children, uh, you, you tell them no about something. And the, the expectation and the implication there is not only stop doing that, but don't do it again. And uh, it's taken me a while to catch on to the fact that my kids didn't really get that, that I would tell them stop it. And they thought I meant stop it right now, but do it again later. And uh I what I actually meant was stop it and don't do that again. And it's funny how as as Christians sometimes we do the same thing. Like God says, you know, don't do this and we'll stop for right now. But twenty minutes from now we, that's different, right? And uh and so it's funny because we we uh we have grasped the edges of this this amnesty and this this grace that he that he has that he gives us um and and because uh, because people are are just little children that have grown up, we think we can we've got this figured out where we can kind of do whatever and and fall back in this little safety net of grace and yeah, but no. The, because forgiveness doesn't change expectation. And so, uh, with that, it's human nature to want everything to go smooth, to want things to be blessed, to, to just enjoy the very bounties of heaven uh, in your everyday life. And, and and we should desire that. and And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's great to enjoy those blessings that God gives you. However, where where those two subjects intersect is obedience and and is is listening because uh God makes it very plain that um if you want his blessings then you've got to listen to what he's saying and obey him uh a lot of christianity has uh has tried to uh take the bible with with the human mind and and somehow Mick got into some genie in a bottle. That if you manipulate him just right, he has to do what you want him to do. And it's like, I have news for you. This is not 101 Arabian Nights or whatever that is. It's like, he's not a genie in a bottle. He does have phenomenal cosmic power. And he does have 80 bitty living space in you, for all you Disney fans out there. But he's so much more than that. And he, and he can't be manipulated. And, and and you can't make him do Anything, and uh, and in his and in his love and desire for your love, he doesn't make you do anything. He'll he'll tell you what he expects you to do, and and uh, he even uh, uses words like commandments and decrees. But uh, ultimately, the choice as to whether or not you're going to do it belongs to you. And so, when you give yourself to him, like Ron's been talking about, you can come into this place where. Your obedience becomes a matter of no choice because you have made it that way because you have you've given your will over to him where you know if if he says it, then I do it, and that's the end of it you know i I'm, I'm teaching my kids that if mom tells you something it's that's the end of it it's just as good as you asked me if mom tells you no, don't come ask me because i it's like, what did your mom say? like well, there you go, and uh so uh you know that's the thing that God uh, God wants us to come to in His Word, and that's part of what Christianity is is about. And it's something that uh, the world finds very strange that that we take the Bible as our first and only af- and final authority on everything. And uh, it's like, well, if you don't, then you wouldn't be a Christian. Then, so go with me to Deuteronomy six. I kind of stumbled across this yesterday, and I think I have preached this somewhere before, but never quite with some of the things that I saw yesterday. It was really a blessing. So, so here we are. They're, they're, Israel is preparing to go into the promised land. They've they've, they've spent all this time in the wilderness. And the old man has died off. We have this new generation of people who are, are going to go in and take the land. And Moses has spent all this time with them. And he's getting ready to pass them off to Joshua. And uh, uh, Which is, of course, why uh, Moses tells Joshua to be strong and be of good courage. Because he, he knows this job that Joshua is getting ready to take on is is not necessarily an easy one or a fun one, because people are complicated. You know, people aren't so simple to manage or lead um, as as you might think. You know, I like how the, it seems like the military kind of tries to, to sort of take away the majority of your identity so that you just are all kind of the same little general issue thing, and so everybody is the same, and everybody does what you tell them to do. And I like that idea for... Uh, you know, employees, but uh, uh, if I could just do a cloning machine, you know, then problem solved. But they are getting ready to go into this promised land and God, or Moses, takes this opportunity to uh, go over uh, the commandments one more time with, with Israel. He's reminding them that uh, you've, you've been through this experience. You've heard the things that, that your, your father and your grandfather have told you about your history. And and so you're getting ready to uh, finally attain this this promise that we've been looking for for centuries. And, and here it comes. Now I want to remind you what God told you about it. And so in uh, Deuteronomy 6, I'm going to start in verse 1. Now these are the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that you might fear the Lord thy God and keep all his commandments his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. So already he, he mentions uh, a benefit to these things. Because the the knee-jerk reaction of the flesh is keeping the commandments of God is a bummer. It's like, isn't that going to restrict my my fun? Isn't that going to restrict my ability to do what I would like to do? Uh, Well, depends. For your flesh, yeah, probably. Uh,
1: But that's why you have an inside
0: man and an outside man. And the more you let that inside man grow and you deny the outside man those things that, that it would like, uh, it makes, makes this terrible, obnoxious noise for a long time, but eventually it kind of fades into the background. And if you have kids or you deal with kids, you, you know what I'm talking about, how this noise can just be so grating, but you can kind of just tune it out. And so somebody else is like, oh, my God, you know, trying to have a conversation with you, and you, you've tuned it out. It's like static in the background and and so it is with the flesh and eventually the flesh just it's just dead and that's the idea right so but here he talks about uh a benefit benefit for your flesh really because he says in verse 2 that you keep all these commandments and fear of the Lord he says that your days may be prolonged so there you go he's he's talking about the benefits of obeying God he says hear therefore o israel and observe to do it pay attention that it may be well with thee, that, it, that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy Father has promised thee in a land that flows with milk and honey. So he's just setting the stage of this is good stuff. This is why you, you want to pay attention to all these commandments. This is why you want to pay attention to the way you live your life and, and do what God said to do, right? because it will benefit you. In, in all these different ways, you're going to increase, you're going to be blessed, you're going to prosper, and this is going to be a great thing. Verse 4, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And this this passage, uh, 4 through 9, uh, I didn't know this until yesterday, but uh, the Jews call this the uh, the Shema. And this is the central text of, of the Old Testament to the Jewish person. Because this in these next five verses in a nutshell boil down what uh, a great deal of what God would have you to do in fact in uh in the gospels in Matthew, Mark and Luke um that and it tells the story differently each time but somebody comes to Jesus and asks him what's the greatest commandment of all and this is the answer that he gives them he says uh, he says, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart." In fact, in one of them, I think it's in Luke. He actually starts out with verse four. He says, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one Lord." And so, uh, uh, and so, you know, to the to these Jewish people, they were, they understood that this, of course, this would be the greatest commandment of all. They already they already knew this answer. They, they knew what he should be, what he should come back with, and he does. Um, and it's interesting how he how he takes them through it. Two of those guys. When you read the story, two of them were picking at him and trying to find fault with him. One of them comes to him and asks him seriously, and Jesus sees that he's asking him seriously. And uh, so so this is something that that the, the Jews were taught from their very earliest days. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them for a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the posts of your house and on your gates. So, so uh, every Pharisee that Jesus ever talked to had that memorized and could uh, just rattle it right off to him. And, uh, and so they asked him, what's this great, what is the greatest commandment of all then? And he comes back with this. And it's interesting that God made loving him a commandment. Because if he didn't, then wouldn't it seem presumptuous to, to want to, to be that close to him? That you would love him like that? I mean, I, I'm definitely not a presumptuous person, I don't think. I, I, I'm, I don't like to assume that I can, you know, deal with a person a certain way or, or whatever. You know, there was this guy that uh, I used to work around and he had an interesting name and I would just always like call him by his name and in a kind of a friendly, joking manner, I was kind of trying to build this sort of friendship with him. Uh, and he and he could never remember my name. He always called me Gary, which I don't know why, but people that don't quite remember my name, they just remember it starts with a G. They always go with Gary. In fact, some of the paperwork on the sale of my house said Gary Collins on it. <laughs> hey. Whatever. But uh this guy he's like, you say you say my name like you know me after like a few days of this. I was like, uh okay. Well, I, I I I thought we were kind of becoming buddies here. You seemed like a nice guy. Guess not. You know, but uh you know, to uh, you know, it's interesting in Spanish, they, they, there's, yeah, in their grammar, there are levels of familiarity that you deal with people. It's like, I, you know, somebody that you, you know, you wouldn't pr- refer to your teacher, uh, with the same, uh, in the same way that you would talk to, uh, another student. You know, you don't talk to your parents the same way you talk to your brother. And, and it's different. They have, they're in their, like the, they have a different pronoun, they have a different conjugation of the verb, and uh, and so there's this sense of respect that is implied in the word that you use, um, and uh, you know and of course they have the difference between Miss and Ms and things just like we do. When we went to Honduras in the 90s, uh, DJ referred to a, a middle-aged woman as señorita, and she kind of gave him the eye. And uh she kind of like,
1: Woohoo a little bit. It, she was like, What was that about? I
0: was like, Well you just called her miss, like she was a young unmarried woman. And he's like, Oh. My bad <laughs> like, it's like well, Why don't you stay close to me, bro? I'll take care of you. <laughs> it's like, Oh, <laughs> Senora next time for your information. Um but, you know, so But now we're talking about the God of the universe and who would presume that they could be his buddy and sit in his lap and and just lay their head on his shoulder and say, hey, you know, you know what I'd really like to see have or what I'd really like to have happen or, you know, I just, you're awesome. I just, I'm so glad to be here. You know, who would think they could do that to the God of the universe? And so he gives us a commandment to love him. And that's a precious thing. And his words have creative power because you can let this happen to you. Uh, because love is not typically something that just fairy dusts itself into existence all of a sudden. I mean, there is, there is something about a pretty girl that walks by that, that makes things happen to you and kind of makes it, feel like something fell into your stomach and splashed stuff everywhere, and now your brain is short-circuiting, and and you're thinking, wow,
1: wow, wow.
0: I I remember the the first time I ever noticed Cynthia come into the church when I first was coming here in high school. I I didn't know what her name was or anything, and uh, DJ had been here for a while. She came in with Amber, and and I just, who are they? And, uh, took me a while to get their names straight. I-, I got it figured out now, in case you're worried. <laughs> but, uh, got that figured out. But, uh, so this commandment to love Him, so He would know that He wants us to. Like, what a blessing that is. But, but love, love takes time. And so, you know, God is not like a, a car salesman in a plaid leisure suit he's not going to try and get you to to buy right now he wants you to get to know him and spend a little time around him and because he knows that you won't be able to help it then and and that's how love is you know um i i've known of of friends who sat on the hood of a truck and watched the stars in in the dark and and you know with a blanket in the cool moonlight you know, I mean, Mike and I did that too. we didn't fall in love, but <laughs> so I have known of friends who did that, and suddenly their friendship kind of became something else but um and if you don't know, I'll tell you later
1: <laughs> who that
0: is but uh so he he gives us this commandment then so you know, I think uh any of us could honestly look in our heart and and say, you know, I'm not satisfied with the 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 love that I have for him or that I feel for him because love is an interesting thing. It's it's a feeling, but it's not just a feeling. It's a decision that you make. It's a commitment. And so there's lots of times that love is not this ooey gooey, oh, this is so wonderful. I mean there's plenty of that, but sometimes love is, you know, getting up in the middle of the night to do something unpleasant because someone else has done something unpleasant and it needs cleaned up. And, um, you know, sometimes love is about boring days with nothing going on and you just are content to be there because they're there. And, And love is like that. And so he gives us this commandment to love him. And so if you find... As, as I think we all do, that that sense of love is not what you would have it to be, then you can ask him about it, because he knows how to fix it. He knows how to make it grow. And, and a great deal of that is just spending time with him. Uh, you know, uh, Cynthia said that, uh, uh, her mother was relieved that none of her daughters were interested in those boys, quote unquote. And I don't blame her, looking back upon my, uh, teenage years. Um, but uh, bless her soul, Lori got to know me and found out I wasn't so bad. And uh, as Cynthia discussed, her crush of the week uh, with Lori one evening, she said, what about Greg? And so she thought, I don't know, what about Greg? So she started stalking me.
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, um, and uh, so I, I caught on that she was, that she was stalking me, and so I reciprocated. And here we are, nearly 20 years later, happily ever after. But, uh, but you know we begin to spend time together, and you know when you first fall in love with somebody, it it feels like this thing that you couldn't contain, that is just so humongously overpowering that it just you're going to explode. Uh, and as love matures, it becomes something a little more sensible. You know, it's like like brand new love is like a pair of like stiletto heels. Looks really great, but it's not as comfortable as the sensible shoes that are closed toed and flat, and and nobody's gonna trip and roll an ankle in these. And uh, you know, so love gets comfortable like that, and, but it takes time. And uh, um, and honestly, I mean, just every. Step along the way is a blessing, and so so God then uh, says that you know I want you to love me. This this is this is the the most important thing I can tell you. I want you to love me. So he's so right away he's telling him, look, I, I'm not I'm not out for this um, like army of mindless drones that that do my bidding. I am after a family. I want you to love me. So he says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And and Jesus adds on to this and he said, in the seconds, just like it. It's the same thing. And he quotes Leviticus 19.18 and he says, you should love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, I'd always read that and I thought, where does it say that? So I went to go find it because it's kind of off by itself. But but Jesus ties those two together because, of course, uh, he teaches in Matthew 25 that if Whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done it to me. If you've not done it to the least of these, you've not done it to me. And and in Romans 13, he says that love uh, works no ill toward its neighbor, so love is the fulfilling of the law. And so, so all of these things boil down to love. And uh, love will bring you into uh, a place that just naked obedience never would. Because... Um, uh, because if you're obeying simply because you feel that you must, uh, eventually there comes this point that all your all your joy is gone, and 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 it becomes this drudgery.
1: But love
0: uh, says, "Well, as I didn't realize I was signing up for this, but because I love you, then I'm okay with this, and and because you're here, I'm okay with this." Uh, so so then he ties this love in to the way that we deal with one another and the way we deal with him, that it's all interconnected. Because what parent likes to see their kids bickering? Few things uh, wear my patience out than two kids in the backseat going,
1: Hey! Oh. Well,
0: that's, that's the most obnoxious thing there is. Hey, touch your ring! I'll touch you all. <laughs> mm. Like I will put a swift end to this matter. You shall all be beaten with many stripes. <sighs>
1: you
0: gotta be careful though about the things you say to your kids because Zoe spends a lot of time with Grandma and Grandpa, and I, my kids know me, and and uh, I tease them. Like it, I don't tell them it's like you're gonna get a spanking. I probably should. Like if you don't stop that, you shall be beaten. I will beat you. And and they know what I mean. I don't think SRS would. (laughs) You know, and so, because yesterday my mom said that uh, uh, Zoe uh, threatened to beat someone. I was like...
1: So if you wonder
0: how you talk, spend some time with a young child and it will all come right back out. It's funny, the things that you say that just sort of, they're like that that white noise we talked about. So you just say it. You don't think about it. You don't hear it. Then somebody else says it, and it's like, what?
1: Where did you hear that? That's
0: <laughs> Like It's like on Christmas Story when uh, Ralphie loses all the lug nuts, and he's like, oh, fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. And, then, and his dad looks at him. He's like, where did you hear that word? And he's like, I'd heard him say it like a 100 times a day. But uh... then he throws his friend under the bus. If you haven't seen it, it's great. Wait till Christmas time. It's Christmas tradition. But yes, so children pick up on those things like a little magnet. So you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be in thine heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So he talks about this job of teaching this stuff, to the next generation and so maybe you don't have kids but um, uh, but there there's certainly people around you there's there's younger Christians around you that you can rehearse these things with I'm not saying take them under your wing and disciple them I'm just saying you know in Malachi he talked about those people who spoke often of him or his jewels and so uh, there's a lot a lot to that just discussing the the goodness of God and the the rehearsing the testimonies of the things that he's done in your life cuz nobody can take those away from you. And and how many times have you been dealing with something you hadn't really talked to anybody about it and somebody brings up this testimony and and you're just hanging on every word and thinking wow that's exactly what I needed. And and God brings you that answer. And so you know coming into the promised land and and enjoying these blessings for these blessings to continue, they have to teach these things to their children because if their children, children learn a lot by osmosis, but there are some things you have to straight out, sit them down and teach them. And, and it's important to do these things. And, and so if saying if you want your children to continue to enjoy these blessings that you're about to enjoy, then you, you live this right, but you teach them how to live it right. And, and then they will teach their children how to live it right. And there will be, and Israel will be this, this beacon to the entire world of, of this God that takes care of his people. And, and he has this whole nation uh, that, that is just filled with peace and tranquility. So he says, You shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and you, they should be as frontlets between your eyes. So everything that you do and everything that you see. Is is affected by the Word of God. Everything that you do is based on what would the Word of God have me to do? Because I have the Word of God, God bound like a sign on my hand. So if if uh, it's like I'm confronted with this situation, so what does the Bible say to do here? Well, then that's what I'm going to do. Everything that you see, what does the Bible say about this? Is this is this good? Is this bad? Is this what what would God do with this? And so and so I have this Word of God that's frontless between my eyes, and you shall write them on the posts of your house and on your gates, because the Word of God is not something that you live at church it's not something that you do around other people it's something that you are it's not like a job where you punch in and punch out when you leave church this is this is your life and and so uh um you know it's like like children they they think they can hide some dastardly thing from you. Uh, but you have to teach them. It's like, well, you know, I may not know what what the truth of this matter is, but I but do you know who does? And yeah,
1: God does,
0: yes. And do you think God will tell me?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: So then why don't you just tell me? And we'll make this all a lot easier. But uh that that living understanding that God God knows, uh he knows all of those things, and there's no sense in trying to hide any of it from him because you can't. And but if if you don't want to deal with it with him, then uh, you know he might leave you alone about it, or he might chasten you. It just you know I I, I know sometimes when, uh, when when people want to hide things, then God doesn't deal with them. You know, with other people as much, it seems like, as as he brings you into this place where your circumstances force you to deal with the issue. And it's a blessing that he does that. But writing it on the post of your house and on your gates. So when I, that that my house then is uh, the post, this is what my house is built on. This This is the supporting structure of my house. And on it I have the word of God. Because the word of God is what my house is built on. He says, And it shall be that when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swore to thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which you didn't build, and houses full of all good things which you filled not, and wells dig which you dig not, vineyards and olive trees which you planted not. So that's, a, that's an awful lot of work. That's an awful lot of stuff. I, I happen to know somebody who's built lots of houses, and I think they probably had enough building houses or remodeling them as it were. So imagine that. Somebody else did all this stuff and you're just simply going to walk into it. Now this is your stuff. And all you have to do is is kill them. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. But he says that you're going to inherit all of this labor uh, that, that they've done. You're gonna inherit all these good things that, that belong to them. And that they put all this work into because it's theirs. This is their stuff. And now, now they're, they're going to be gone and this is going to be your stuff. So he says, beware when you have eaten and be full. He says, then beware lest you forget the Lord, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Because it's easy when times are tough, it's easy to, to get down and hang on and, and really get something from God. Because when you need peace, you understand He's the only place to get it. When when life is pretty comfortable, it's, it's, it's easier to just sort of float along. Um, but he says, beware lest you forget the Lord. Because it's easy to just sort of get floating along your own thing. But that's why you... You live this stuff and you teach it to the generation following. Because when you grow up learning something, it's, it's, the longer you spend learning something, the earlier you started learning it, the harder it is to unlearn it. And so, so he's saying you start from the very beginning and you ingrain this stuff until it is an inseparable part of their thinking. And, and that's why the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. Because when it, when it is part of who you are, it's a lot harder to walk away from it. But, he, but he's talking about how your, these blessings that I'm going to give you, these are, are contingent on, on you continuing to obey these things. So he says, Beware lest you forget the Lord that brought you forth from the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods. So now he's back to this jealous love thing. You shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are around you, for the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. So that's that's uh that's a good way to describe jealousy. This all consuming anger and destruction and uh um um you know I've I've always been interested in like you know nifty boots and clothes and stuff I mean I I've always kind of liked that sort of thing and when I was when we were younger Cynthia was always just convinced that I was ogling every woman we walked by because she loved me and she was jealous and as I got older I, I that made more sense to me I was like no seriously it's like look at her boots those are really cool and uh so it it became quite this Thing, because I wasn't intending to push her buttons, but I was. And, uh, we were watching this movie once, and this, uh, uh, this guy had his shirt, like, unbuttoned part way down, and he had, like, the little zigzaggy thing between his, his, uh, pec muscles, and she commented that that was kind of cool. And so I gave her so much grief. But at last!
1: My moment has come!
0: I mean, I gave her so much grief. But, you know, she was just, oh. was like, see? he didn't say you wanted to run off and get married to him. He just said that was kind of cool.
1: Like, wow, look at that guy. He must
0: work out. You know? It's like, wow, look at her boots. I wonder if she shops at the Gap, you know? It's kind of the same sort of thing. But jealousy, jealousy is not so easy to reason with. And and uh, there's something about jealousy that can turn this this uh this love into this like possessive I will kill anyone who looks at you kind of thing. <laughs> and uh and, and that's a good thing. That, you know, jealousy is, is not a bad thing, uh, per se, because there's a protectiveness that comes with it. You know, because God talked about being jealous over us. And so uh so he's he. he you know, he, he has this possessive, you're, you're mine and I love you kind of thing. Uh, and any relationship has those kind of requirements of, you know, if, if you want to stay married, then you, you might want to make some compromises, listen to what she's telling you, and do that. Or, or don't do that, as it were. And vice versa. And it's a two-way street. And so Cynthia and I came through those things, none the worse for wear. And every now and then, I still tease her just a little bit, just because I like to watch her nostrils flare a little bit. <laughs> it's really fun when she gets irritated, and she gets this look like,
1: oh, "Dang it!"
0: So it's it's fun, but she knows that I'm teasing. And I only pull that out every once in a great while when she's, you know, when I know she can handle it. So he says, you shall fear the Lord your God and serve him, swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people which are around about you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against you and destroy you from off the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him at Massa. So don't, you know, don't, uh, you know because it, of course they they asked, you know, like, is God among us or not? And he's like, you yeah, know, you know better than that. Don't, don't go talking like that. You know that I'm with you. If if the last 40 years have not proved that, I don't know what would. He says, You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and His testimonies and His statutes which He has commanded you. And you shall do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, that you may go in and possess the good land which the Lord swore to your fathers to cast out your enemies from before you as the Lord has spoken. So again, he's just he just has hammering this idea of you do these things and it will benefit you. You will be blessed to do these things. And of course, you all know that uh, how Ron's talked about the the Ten Commandments being this tear proofing of humanity and and so it is. It's not an end to the party. Um, uh, and obeying God isn't all fun and 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 glorious, wonderful joy. There are some times when it's not so great. Uh, feeling to your flesh, but the benefits far outweigh uh, that. And and when you put aside, you know, the thing about love is it's a selfless thing. And so as you come into this, this love thing, it's like, well, I really didn't want to get up and go do that. I'd, I'd really rather not get up at four in the morning and scrape my the windshield for her and, and make sure the car is nice and warmed up and everything. But because I love her, I would do that. And, uh, and and those kinds of things, love is, is selfless like that, and and so it makes that sense of obeying God not so.
1: <sighs>
0: so God's very wise how He does that because love is a way better thing. You know, we uh, it's like it's like wine. You know, it's like you have some, and and at first it kind of makes you shudder a little bit, and and you're thinking, why would anybody drink this? Give me some more of that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the real estate agent gave us this cookie the size of a pizza and a bottle of wine. And so I'm packing up the last of my stuff, like, drinking wine out of a little plastic Solo cup. I'm like, eh, it's not bad. And it's funny because the kids are desperate to try it. And so uh, I wish that I had filmed Jeremy trying this wine because he had this look of, what did you just do to me?
1: <laughs> Who would drink
0: this? Oh, my God. And uh, uh, Levi like took this tiny little sip and ran off to the bathroom and was like scrubbing his tongue under the, the faucet, like ah, ah. Zoe took a sip and he's like hmm.
1: She anymore. She
0: just she loved it and wandered off. But uh, um, but it's an interesting thing because it's it it takes some getting used to. It grows on you. And, uh, you know, sometimes love is like that too. So he says in verse 20, And when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were Pharaoh's bond in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt and upon Pharaoh and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence, that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes and to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. So he said when your kids... So on Saturday morning when your kids are... When you make them sit on the couch and, and you talk about the, the, the Word of God for 20, 30 minutes, it's like, well, we were lost in sin. We were, the, we were slaves to the flesh. We were hellbound, bound. And then God found us and rescued us. And he's made us free. And he's promised us all kinds of wonderful blessings. And and what he's, the blessings he's given us are just a little tiny, tiny foretaste of it. So you're going to sit and quietly and listen. Because this is going to benefit you when you grow up. In fact, I told my kids yesterday, I was like, now, right now, you're you're going to serve God because I'm your dad and I'm going to make that decision for you. When you grow up, you're going to make that decision yourself. Now, when you're 20 and you don't live with me anymore and you decide you don't want to serve God, I'm going to come find you and beat you to death. Which they thought was quite amusing. I was like, and I will start over. I will have more kids.
1: So my my kids
0: are gonna grow up in a complex, I'm sure. But but no. It's like this this stuff is gonna benefit you. This is for this is for your good. And that's why we're doing this. That's why you're gonna sit quiet and learn this stuff. But that's that's why we're all here. Because we because we love God and we want those that benefit of His love and His goodness in our life. And and it should be our righteousness if we deserve to do all these commandments. Before the Lord our God, as He has commanded us, not not not. This is the gate into heaven. This is our righteousness. This is our right actions. This is this is what you. This is the most reasonable course of action to to do these commandments. Let me. I had a a little verse I wanted to read, kind of off in the middle of nowhere. Let me find it. In Job 36:11. Um. You know, it's funny because. Uh, So much of Western Christianity has uh, come into this, you know, God wants you to be uh, wealthy and and healthy and and blah, 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 all that stuff. And to focus so much down on the blessings that you forget all about God, which is precisely what he warned them about in Deuteronomy 6. And... uh, and so that walks you right into Romans 1 of uh, loving and worshiping the creature more than the creator. So it's just, it's just one step away. It's a step down that, that slippery slope. And so the, you know, the, the blessings of God, the, the, the good things that he blesses you with, he doesn't have to do any of that stuff. I mean, he, he, he rescued you from the miry clay. He washed you in his blood. He made you part of his family. He doesn't owe you anything. And and even for him to have done those things is far more than you could have ever expected or, or hoped for. And so then, you know, he, he talks about this God who loads you daily with benefits. You know, when you work a job, when you get a good job, you're looking, what are the benefits here? And I always figure, well, the benefits of working for me is I will pay you. That's it. The well, way you get to work with me. I thought you were looking for a job, Jeff. (laughs) No, I'm teasing. Um, No, but uh, so God, he does indeed just, I mean, he backs up the dump truck and just dumps blessings in your front yard, I can tell you. Um, But what he wants is for those things to all be secondary to the fact that you're just glad he's there, that if you had nothing, like Job did, Job had everything, and then he had nothing. And yet God, uh, he, he restored everything and then some. And so, because uh, because Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, it's not about stuff. And, and uh, you know, here I am. I, uh, I showed my parents the new house yesterday. And they kind of breathed a sigh of relief when they drove up to it because they said it looked nicer than it did in the pictures. <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's old. Okay, it's kind of square, but it's it's big and it's neat and it's mine and and uh, um uh, you know it, it it's easy to get caught up in all of those types of things, but um, ultimately what you take with you everywhere you go is him, and so it doesn't matter where you live and it doesn't matter what kind of place you live in. Because I'm, I'm walking around this house thinking how big it is compared to the house I just moved out of. I'm just like, man. And I'm thinking about how God has all these children that live in little shacks with dirt floors, and they cook over an open fire. And they go to church, and they are excited about praising God because He is good to them. And I think, man. It's like, I live like a king compared to these people. And... uh you know, the, the blessings of God are just, it's just amazing how God does that. But, uh, but I can tell you that you, He, all of those things hinge on that obeying and serving God. And, uh, I just wanted to read you Job 36, verse 11. If they obey and serve Him, then they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Verse 12 is interesting too. But if they obey not, they shall perish by the sword and die without knowledge. So, so it's there's two very different sides of this coin. Then, the the blessings. I mean, you know, he Deuteronomy is a really great book because he just lays it out just over and over again. like the blessings of obedience and the curse of disobedience, and 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 he makes it so plain uh, why you would want to choose the blessing side. And so, uh, you know, something that would seem to be wow, this is kind of not so great. I didn't really want to do this thing. But but Jesus didn't want to go to the cross either. But he did. He despised the shame. And yet he went through those things for the joy set before him. And so I'm not just talking about physical blessings. I'm talking about this God will just bless your life every way you can think of. And th- in ways you couldn't think of. Um, but it all hinges on... On taking this word and binding it like a sign to your hand, frontlets before your eyes, writing it on the posts of your house, because and, and you you know I we did some work for some people that they had little scripture verses written all over the the studs in their in their house while they were building it and on, on the concrete floors and stuff.
1: Like that, that's all well and
0: good, but if you don't have it in your heart, it means nothing. Then it's just it's just ink. But but God, uh, he gives us those things and we can, uh, we can do them, and, and like I said, uh, when your kid asks you why, why do we have to do all this? You know, why, why do we have to obey these things? It's like, because it's for our good always. So, Jesus, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your word, God, that has uh, given us a clear direction of, of how to live. God, you said that we could... Uh, and keep our way clean by paying attention to it, according to your word. By taking everything that we do and uh, holding it up to your word, God. You anointed the priests with the, with the blood on their on their ears and on their hands and on their feet, God, so that their walk and the things that they did and the things that they heard were all uh, centered around you, around your word and the things that you have, had taught. And so, Jesus, today, I pray that you'd plant these things inside of us. That you'd cause them to grow, God. God, not that we would would seek after you for the benefits, the the side benefits. God, they're they're nothing compared to the 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 love that there is in you, God. And I pray you cause that love to grow inside of each and every one of us, God. That we'd make up our mind to make those kind of love decisions, Lord God, not not based on on emotion, but on on knowing who you are. And, and, God, that, that we would be able to just see that love uh, beginning to grow and become such a part of us that we could never turn back from it. God, I just pray you do all these things in us, God, according to your word, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.